All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. America and happy Saturday. Thank you for joining us and spending some time with the Just the News family and, of course, the John Solomon Reports podcast. Today, we're going to take you deep into the world of politics and introduce you to one of the most important political action committees in Washington these days. It's called the Restoration of America Pact. It was founded by Doug Truex, and it is having a profound effect. In fact, it just made its endorsement in the RNC race between Ronna McDaniel and Harmeet Dillon. But Doug Trox is going to explain what does the PAC do? What is it doing for 2024? What are the issues ahead? And why a change in the leadership at the RNC is so important to his political committee? That's going to be a really fun conversation. And then yesterday, as you know, we had a difficult but candid conversation with Sheriff Mike Bordeaux from Tulare County, California, about a heinous, hideous crime that occurred in Northern California in his county, the execution of six family members, including a 16-year-old mom and her 10-month-old baby, shot execution style to send a message. Who was sending that message? The Mexican drug cartels that are running free across our southern open border. And we reminded you yesterday just how far away communities are becoming border communities far from the border because of the influx of illegal migrants that this president has allowed. Well, today we're going to take you south of the border to get you queued up about what's going down down in places like Panama, where the staging grounds for all of these illegal aliens to come to the United States. This is a very organized effort. In fact, it has all the hallmarks of a racketeering operation. But as you look down to the south of the border, you're going to find out that there are a significant amount of involvement of criminal gangs, cartels, human traffickers, and also some NGOs from America, including religious organizations, Ben Berkham from Real America's Voice, who travels all around the border, one of the great border experts. He allows us to see through his eyes and his camera what's really going on from Latin America to Central America to Mexico to the southern border in Texas and Arizona. He joined Amanda and I and uh, had a tremendous conversation. We're going to play that as our second segment today. So sit back, 
get ready for some football later today. But before you do, let's have a good listen to two great guests, Doug Truax and Ben Burke on Back to Back right after this commercial message. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, America, welcome back from the commercial break. Our next guest, you probably read this story on Just the News in the last 24, 48 hours. The very influential Restoration of America PAC endorsed Harmeet Dillon to be the RNC chairwoman, saying it's time for change at the RNC after three underperforming elections. Well, our next guest, he helps run that incredible super PAC, Doug Truax. Great to have him on today. Doug, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. Really appreciate you having me on. Before we jump into the whole RNC race, which is a fascinating battle about the future of where the Republican Party conservative movement is going, tell us a little bit about Restoration. It does so much extraordinary work. It's played in so many important state and federal races. Tell us a little bit about what its mission is and what it's been able to accomplish in its years of existence. Yeah, for sure. So we've been around seven years. And in that space of time, we've gone from really nothing to, you know, a relatively big deal, I think. Of course, I'm biased. But uh, yeah, we we play in a lot of different races at different times. So a lot of center races, obviously a lot of presidential races, uh, heavy, heavy on election integrity. VoteRef.com is, is what we built, uh, putting the voter rolls online around the country. Um, you know, really pushing back on recreational drug use, anti-pot, you know, initiatives that we're really after just wherever we can say, you know, 
we're just guys in the heartland. We're outside of Chicago. You know, we're just like, how, how can we help the country? You know, what, where are the, where are the weak spots now? What do we need to work on? Uh, definitely, obviously coming out of the last election, the election integrity piece, you know, that, that really, uh, put us on that trail. But, but we do a lot of different things. Um, and, uh, it's kind of led us to this place of, you know, didn't necessarily think we were going to be involved in this RNC race, but to your point, you know, there's certain, certain things that need to change, and so that's what we got here. So there's a lot of similarities between what probably Harmeet is going to look to do and what we would do, and that's what got us to this place, too. Yeah, that's really important is finding those synergies of vision for America, right? Sometimes the Republican Party has a tendency to do, it's your turn up next, and regardless of your vision, it's your turn. But really, there's an opportunity here for the RNC to reevaluate in the 21st century what sort of party it's going to be. One of the things that you hear Harmeet talk about is we don't like mail-in voting, but as long as it's the law of the land in states, you can't unilaterally disarm. You've got to play the game lawfully. When you get in charge, maybe you can change it, but you can't change it when you don't have power. How important is that stance shift after two or three elections where Democrats out-hustled Republicans on the early vote? Yeah, it's incredibly important. And I've been with the mainstream of our party on that for a long time. Like, hey, you know, let's get as close to election day as possible. Ballots in the mail is a bad idea. And, and, you know, we all think that. And that's where we need to go to. But to your point, we can't get there if we don't win. And if we just keep losing elections uh, because we're not good at this new playing field that we're on, uh, we're never going to make any change. Uh, so that's exactly right. We have got to have this conversation about it and say, look, we are going to have to chase ballots. We're going to have to make sure all of our people vote. If Aunt Sally can vote on a day that's, you know, a month and a half from the election, that's not ideal from us long term, but we got to make sure she goes and does it on that day. And then we got that, you know, box checked. All right. She's voted. So we just keep working it from there because you can see even what happened in Maricopa, you know, county is they, you know, lo and behold, the system wasn't working great on election day and people had to wait three hours and how many people did we lose? Right. So it's, you know, that is we're just asking for trouble if we narrow ourselves down to just this game that we currently want to play and play that game. Well, that's not the real game that's being played. The game is chase the ballots, get the votes in. You know, everything is so, you know, it's clearly divided really close. A lot of our elections are very close. So if we don't get this figured out, we are just going to keep losing. So Harmeet totally gets that. You know, I've been working with her on different things over the years and uh, and she's dialed in there with the understanding that once we get in power, then we change it back to the way it should be, not the way it is currently. So we just have to say two different that we can hold two different thoughts in our mind at one time and we got to go forward. But if we don't, we're doomed. You know, that's how this is going to play out. So we all see that but we got to make some changes. And I don't think currently the RNC gets that. I mean, they may talk a good game, but they don't quite get that. And so she does. And that's another reason why we're we're super excited to to see her take that new role. You have such a personally fascinating background. You come out of the military, you graduated from West Point. You also have an entrepreneurial side to you that has been so successful. When I think of restoration and what it has accomplished over the first seven years, there is a keen sense of not just having the right rhetoric, but measuring rhetoric against return on investment. And I think when you look at Ronald McDaniel era at RNC, there's always been great talking points, right? The, the RNC sounds smart. It understands the America first agenda. 
agenda. It understands where everyone is. But execution and actual return on the investment that donors have made has fallen short a few times. When people like Dick Uline and Bernie Marcus, who have recently come out for Harmony Dillon, is that a big part of the equation that it's one thing to sound good? It's another thing to actually execute well enough to hit your goals. Is that execution and ROI the big gap difference for some of the investors in the RNC? Yeah, I think absolutely it is. I think that there's come a day now where, uh, you know, the donors um, have been, you know, aware of uh, political grifting, you know, for years. But when it reaches astronomical levels and a lot of money gets put into these races and you can already feel the consultants staging their talking points, getting ready to lose so that they can, you know, hold their ground and keep keep their donors to the next election. We're really far afield from where we are as conservatives, especially kind of more business-minded conservatives where you do put an investment in and you do want a return. And so I'm not saying Ronna McDaniel's a bad person. Nobody is. However, what has happened is there's a huge centralization of all types of power, obviously, in D.C. We're not there. So not, that's on purpose. And so this centralization leads to all that money flowing in there. And there's a lot of consultants standing around who make a ton of money. And they're just basically way less concerned about winning the next election than they are about making sure they keep their, their income in place. And everybody's aware of it now, and especially the big donors. And Harmeet gets that too. And she wants to decentralize, you know, get the get the RNC out into the field where it needs to be, build the state parties back again, use the money to effectively build operations, not just prop up consultants with good talking points. And I think the donor class is way more savvy to this now. And I think, you know, thanks for the the compliment, but that's exactly where we've been at Restoration of America is this is a business that's in politics. You know, we are making sure we run this really cleanly and efficiently and get the results we're after because, you know, definition of insanity, if we just keep doing the same thing over and over at the RNC in particular, and we keep getting the same result, then shame on us. We got to make a change. And this is a huge part of it. Status quo is not an option right now. And I think that that's what's so interesting when you talk to folks who are looking at Harmeet over around what you see and the differences. When I think of restoration, I also think of the heartland, right? Middle America, all the great values of, I guess, the elites called flyover country, but it's not. It's the heart of America. The idea that Harmeet has to maybe move the RNC headquarters out of Washington, D.C., that's pretty radical for a national party, but it does send a message that maybe it's time for the party to re-engage its base. What do you think about some of her ideas like that? Well, I think it's the, one of the best things that could happen because it's easy for the grifting to happen when they're all right around each other all the time. Um, you know, when you, you know, a business truism is that if you pull the business apart piece by piece and put a spotlight on each each piece, each piece will get better. But if you consolidate it and make it uh, opaque, it's really hard to figure out what's going on. And that's exactly what's happened with the RNC. And by the way, obviously, with the entire federal government, I, I one of my things is, let's move the entire federal government out of D.C., you know, put, this, put the departments in different places. I mean, we'll lose a lot of federal employees, but, you know, they can get their resumes together like the rest of us have been doing for decades and figure it out, right? So, you know, so, so that whole concept of getting them out of D.C. and getting a view of like where specifically, if, if the donors are putting all that money into the RNC, 
and it starts going out to specific locations, well, it's smaller amounts in different locations, and we can actually look and see, okay, what did that do? What did that do? And rebuilding the state parties, because I tell you, you know, the joke around here, Dan Proft out here on the radio, he's always like, I, I, you know, good luck trying to join the Republican Party of Illinois. I mean, it's just terrible, right? It's just like some of these things have no operation around them, and then there's all this money flowing into D.C., with the at the at the head of the RNC, and it's like that's not this is not the efficient way we're supposed to do it, especially as conservatives. So, yeah, pulling it all apart and making it look differently, I definitely I, I think that's a that's the number one way to go. Yeah, smaller and smarter is definitely better. And certainly from a conservative perspective, and it seems as though the bloated size of federal government has carried over to the bloated size of political organizations. So it'll be interesting to see if Harmi can break that trend line that has been there. I like one of the things, and I've watched very closely over the years what Restoration of America has been doing in the court system. And of course, Donald Trump gets a lot of credit, as does the Federalist Society and others, for getting so many conservative judges on the federal courts. But you really are focusing now downstream at the state and local level, much like George Soros has for the left. It's important to have a much more clear focus on local and state courts in getting the type of judges on there that are strict constitutionalists. You guys have put a lot of effort into that. Why is that so important? Well, it's just that's the you're, you brought it up, the Soros model, you know, chipping away at the foundation of our country. And, you know, it's all fun and games and exciting on some level to talk about presidential races and Senate races and even congressional races. But all these things are happening, you know, uh, at, a, at, a, at a different level and the elections are at different times and, you know, party affiliations not on the ballot. There's all these little nuances to these uh these judicial races around the country. And, um, you know, shame on us. They're ahead of us. They've been at it for a long time. I think a part of it is a function of, you know, there's a lot of labor and union people and, you know, and the government employees and stuff. They're all super tied into the Democrat Party, and it's easier for them to, to, to see these races come in and work them and stuff like that. But, you know, I think that uh, the the bear has been kicked here, and I think a lot of conservatives are super energized around this concept because I certainly know that we're seeing when we go out and do our thing and try to gain support on certain races for uh, certain judges around the country. You know, we're heavily involved here. Uh, Fair Courts of America is a is a subsidiary of ours and heavily involved in the Wisconsin uh Supreme Court race. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's, you know, people are into it and they want to know, like, okay, what do I got to do about this? And so we're there for them. We do our own work, obviously, to help the candidates. Uh, a lot of energy around this because um, because our side is much more awake than, you know, I've seen in my lifetime. So that's great. But it's, it's an area we definitely have got to work on because they're way ahead of us. We can catch them. You know, we just got to put some effort into it. Money, a lot of uh, volunteer time and everything, too. But the donors have got to feel very you know, return on investment, like we were talking a minute ago, even if they, you know, you say, hey, we're going to do these races. It's not a foregone conclusion. You're going to, you know, you got, but you got to fight them out, you know, and you got to have a good operation and, and do everything that needs to be done so that, you know, on the other side of you say, hey, we did as much as we could, as efficiently as we could, you know, we got that one, we didn't get that one, but we're on to the next one, you know, and it's got to be an ongoing battle. You can't ever, there can be no rest, right? We have got to stay after this. Uh, 24-7, you know, for the rest of our lives uh, or else we're going to lose our country. You know, that's how, I, that's how we think about it. And the other side has really mastered a lot of these downstream races, whether it's district attorneys, judges. The Wisconsin Supreme Court race is really going to be a bellwether for 
the capability of conservatives to fight at the local and state level to keep courts in conservative hands. Tell us some of the things are there. What what are the candidates, when you look at the candidates, does Restoration have a favorite candidate in that race right now? Well, certainly Dan Kelly's been the one that's been, you know, the 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 one that's got the uh, bona fides, and he, he's he's got the stuff. You know, he he can he can get this done. So it's still there's still some open questions around other candidates. Um, so we'll we'll see on that front. But um, you know, we've publicly said that Dan Kelly's our guy, and and uh, and we're we're launching on that one for sure. So um, there will be no uh, stone left unturned on our part on on that race. So we. You know, we feel good about it, but it's such a key spot. I mean, that's uh, Wisconsin is so contentious in so many ways, and a lot of this is coming out of the Supreme Court in that race that, you know, that candidate, whoever wins, is going to determine the makeup of that court, uh, where it's going to lean. So big deal, big deal. So it's a, it's a great place for us to be involved, and we've already got plans on other uh, places to be to, uh, to be announced in the future here, but we're, we're working it. Yeah, such an important battle. And we saw the importance of the Wisconsin Supreme Court with some election integrity issues where they came down declaring that some of the tactics used in 2020 were simply unlawful under state law or the Constitution. So that court has become so important. And it takes me to your other big issue, right? Because you work very closely on election integrity and we cover election integrity. In fact, we have a full-time election integrity reporter at Justin because we really believe it's one of the issues of our time. Tell us about some of the things that Restoration has been able to do and focus on and put a spotlight on when it comes to election integrity, whether Wisconsin or Georgia or Florida, wherever those issues have cropped up. Yeah, you bet. So I think the number one thing for us is going to always be, at least in the near future, this transparency around the voter rolls. You know, doing voteref.com. We got 32 states up. We're, uh, in, uh, legal battles with others that are saying, oh, you can't do that when we can, you know, laws on our side. First amendment. These are, these are public records paid for by taxpayers. You know, this is just who's eligible to vote and who voted in the elections. It's no big deal. Uh, but it, it needs to be out there and transparent because obviously it's like I was saying a minute ago, if something's opaque and you can't figure it out, then it's, it's easy for somebody to go in there and do something nefarious. So, you know, I'm not, you know, we're careful to all, oh, you know, we're not going to sit around, Oh, this, all this fraud and stuff. We, you know, Hey, look, if you can't see what's going on, you don't trust it. I mean, that's just the bottom line. And so I, I, I really want us to get to somewhere down the road, you know, 24 seven, easily accessible voter rolls. It's, it's, updated continuously. It's like the concept of, you know, you go into your bank account, you move money from one one account to another, and it refreshes and it's done. I mean, it's not, this stuff exists. It just, we have not applied it to one of the most important things in our country, our election system. And how are we going to get confidence back? Because that is turning into the number one problem with what's going on, especially amongst conservatives, is lack of confidence in the election system. And nobody wants to land in a place where election confidence drops a lot. You know, we don't, nobody wants that. So we've got to get to more and more transparency. So that's the fight we're having. And so we're doing, yeah, it's, uh, it's in courts and things like that. I mean, we're definitely, it's uh, interesting. Uh, a lot of people said, Hey, you shouldn't do that. And then we said, you know what? We think we should. We're going to go forward and do this. And, uh, super well received around the country, uh, especially from the activists. They're like, Oh, I can finally go and, I don't have to, you know, go to the county courthouse and pay 25 cents a page for some paper copy or something that, you know, they may or may not give to me. So, you know, it's definitely the transparency uh, is on our side. The, the, the Constitution is on our side. You know, we just have some interesting situations where people 
don't want it, you know, and we, it, this ironically, you know, like this is a, this is a funny thing. It's just, it's not that funny. It's just terrible actually. So we helped Youngkin get elected. We were active big time in Virginia, a, a lot. And then he signs legislation a couple months ago that was specifically designed to come after us to tell us you can't put the voter voter file in Virginia online. And I just like shake my head. I'm like, well, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> I know. It's like, just stop that. Just come on. This is not where things are going. So I don't know what the deal is there. Maybe the party people out there got to him or something, or I don't know, maybe he didn't know what he was signing at the time. Either way, it's not good. But that's the kind of stuff that we bump into sometimes. It's just a head scratcher, you know? So Self-inflicted wounds by the conservative side. Voter rolls. Most average Americans say, of course, keeping them clean is important. Of course, getting dead people off, getting people who moved off. But you have states like Michigan, particularly Wisconsin, in the past that actually have fought to do the opposite, to literally keep a dirty voter roll out there. What is the mindset that drives a bureaucrat to take that position, which I can't find any common sense Americans say, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. One word, John, power. (laughs) They want to maintain power because there's, you know, as you know, there's power and information. And if you can control it, um, and this goes for party people on the Republican side at times, too. They like the fact that they got elected and now their party and their their government apparatus has control of that voter file. And this is what happens in Illinois, by the way. So I, I've seen it firsthand. And uh, and so it's better for them if some quote unquote outsider can't easily campaign against them. And so it just keeps things under control in favor of the incumbents. And that's that is a lot of what they're doing. And then the secondary thing is. You know, if you, I mean, I'm just telling you, like the the old school Chicago technique for voting is, you know, the precinct people in the precincts know who's on the voter roll that's not going to vote, and so they send somebody in and they say who that that's who they are, and they vote, and they go back some other place, they go a couple blocks over and go to another place and say there's some other person. I mean, it's not complicated, right? Some of this cheating is like, I can't believe this would happen. It's like, yeah, you can. You just there, it's, it's happening up. It's obvious what's going on, right? Yeah. Right, right, right. So there's that, you know. And so like, what percentage uh, of the vote is that stuff, you know? And, and uh, especially when, you know, we go out there and we lose by just like, you know, one or two points. And uh, then you got to ask yourself, well, was there one or two points of, you know, cheating possibly going on? Nobody will ever know. We're going to get past the election. Um, but, you know, I tell my, my word of encouragement, on all this too, Joe John is like, it's, I say to people, it's amazing that we win ever because they've got uh, big tech, they've got government, they've got Hollywood, they've got education, they've got everything, but it's a center right country. And so when we go out and we actually, the silent majority does go and vote, they still vote for us and for the conservatives. And so, um, so if we can, you know, really chip away at potential fraud and get things really transparent and make things work better, I mean, I think it's, we got a, we've got a really bright future because the left is unhinged. So, you know, they just, they're going to head our way, but we have to clean up a lot of these messes and the voter, the voter uh, rolls is a, is a huge part of that. It really is. And you guys have really taken the lead on that with all of the transparency that has occurred. I mean, it is pretty remarkable how little we knew just a few years ago about the voter rolls and how much you have been able to open our eyes with the posting of the voter rolls and also the failure of the, of the regulations 
regulators to clean those roles in the, in the time prescribed by law. That's a major victory. If someone is listening today saying, you know, I love the common sense. I love the transparency. I love the grassroots nature of what Restoration of America is doing. How do they get involved? Yeah. So Restoration of America is our website. And obviously you can go there and see everything. If you want to look at the voter rolls in your state, find yourself, find your neighbors. Uh, that's voteref.com. And that's powered by the Voter Reference Foundation, which is 501c4. And then that's, you know, we take donations at the Voter Reference Foundation because, you know, this isn't cheap to do. <laughs> so we got we to gotta keep it working. Uh, so those are the two ways. And, and uh, you know, we're always got we've got people wanting to help us in, in different ways, especially on the on the ground with the grassroots um, at the Voter Reference Foundation. You know how to that's a high, high interest now in these off years is like, how do we go through in you know, our county or our precinct and really work on cleaning the voter rolls? Well, we can help you. You know, it's right there on our website. All the information is there. If, you're, if your state's up, uh, may not be, but if your state's up, uh, it's right there. And then we have some some uh, toolkits that help people understand, okay, this is what I'm looking at and this is how I can do this. So it's all right there. It's, it's just not been easy to find, but we made it super easy for people to find that want to get involved. Boy, that is great. I've heard so many people who once they hear about what you're doing or once they get engaged on one thing, they're like, I'm in on this. I love the ROI concept of politics because a lot of politics doesn't apply to the corporate mentality and yet applying a corporate mentality to politics has a huge benefit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's the only way it's so vast, right? I mean, the whole political structure and so many, so many elections, we got a really big country and, but you know what, there's a lot of energy out there amongst our side for volunteering. And frankly, there's a lot of money. You know, I tell people too, you can't do two things. You can't have a lot of money and say you're concerned for the country and then not go spend it. You know, you just have to find a place to donate it where you feel good about it because, you know, you don't want to be at the end of your life and be like, oh, man, I screwed this up for my grandkids. I didn't do enough. So that's that's part of the conversation we have with donors, you know, big and small donors. It's like, look, you just we need the money. You know, we just that it, that's the way this works. They are outspending us typically almost three to one in elections. You know, and we're just we're falling behind there, too. So we just have to, you know, the country we love is too important to to let it slip away like it is here at times. And so we, we got we got to get after it. You know? So true. Uh, sitting on the sidelines is not an option. And, and if you do sit on the sidelines, you don't get a right to complain. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Well, Doug, what a great honor to talk to you. We've been covering so much, including the endorsement of Harmeet yesterday, but Restoration is having such a big impact. We got to make sure we're not strangers to get you on here more often because you guys are playing such important role on so many of the issues that Just the News readers love and care about. So we'll be sure to get you back on real soon, but really enjoy the conversation today. Yeah, thanks so much, John. Really appreciate it. Appreciate all you're doing. Great honor. All right, we'll talk to you real soon. All right, folks, we'll be back in a few seconds with my colleague at Real America's Voice, Ben Berkwam. An update on the border you won't want to miss. Eyes on what's going down in Panama and other locations where the staging areas for America's migration crisis are being held. We'll have that right after this commercial break. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, 
add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back, everybody, from the southern border of the United States and over to Davos, Switzerland. There is certainly a lot taking place that we are keeping you up to date on. But John and I want to quickly take you down to Panama as our Real America's voice correspondent and host of Law and Border, Ben Burkwam, is down there getting to the root of the cause of the massive surge of illegal immigration that's been happening for a few years now. Uh, ben, you've been traveling through Colombia and now you're in Panama. Uh, lend everybody your eyes ears. Give us an inside look as to what you've been hearing and seeing and how it's affecting our country here at home. The first thing you notice is how well coordinated everything is. This is a massive, it's a global operation. Uh, Blue actually came up with a new term for it. What is it, Blue? International Market of Trafficking, I-M-T. International Market of Trafficking. And, and really, when you say it like that, it's exactly what it is. There, there's huge money being made, not just by the cartels. So the cartels in different countries control all these routes. You have transnational syndicates all over the that are involved with this now, but it's really the NGOs, the left, we've been talking about this for years, the United Nations, and the very people in Davos that are pushing for climate change, prete- pretending that they care about the climate, pretending that they care about indigenous people, when in reality, what we're going to start focusing on in the next couple days are those indigenous communities. We're here in Panama, we're heading up into the Kuna uh, villages with the Kuna Indians, who are being utterly destroyed, not just from trash being left all over, their, their communities are being trashed. We found out today that they didn't even have a word for trash in their uh, local dialect. They had to take the word from Spanish because they didn't have trash before that. It wasn't a cultural thing. And now they're just being trashed. They're getting malaria and all kinds of other diseases. Uh, it is an absolute disaster. And it's being perpetrated by people in Washington, D.C. and the globalists around the world. No matter what they tell you, Mayorkas, Joe Biden, the, the left, they are running this operation as they're destroying America and destroying these communities and the lives of the people that are going through the jungle behind us as we speak right now. And it's such an extraordinary uh, sight when we see some of that video footage you've captured for us. Uh, Oscar, Ben, I want to ask this. Here in the United States, President Biden and uh, the Homeland Security Secretary Ali Indo Mayorkas constantly say the border's closed and the world knows our border's closed. I'm curious. You're talking to people who are motivated to come up. Do they take the same message from Joe Biden or do they have a different message you're hearing from Joe Biden? 
They don't care if Title 42 is implemented or not. They don't care if the border is closed or not. But the ones that need to be arrested and prosecuted are those people. Uh, Joe Biden and uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, they are the ones that the international uh, market of trafficking. They're the ones that are creating this chaos and habilitating that with the United Nations that is opening up also the market for people to just, you know, be unsafe on this really tra- it's, it's horrible journey. Going up at the Darien Gap as we walked in that mountain, uh, Ben and I, it was just horrific to see children. There was a, there was a mother that was carrying four children, uh, and we were having uh, some problems to going up at the at the at the mountain. It is just what they're provoking, opening up the borders in the United States. It has a collateral damage. Now it is affecting the Kuna uh, tribe over here, and in 2021, it affected the border of Mexico with Guatemala, where they had a huge ab- outbreak of syphilis, gonorrhea, and cases of AIDS coming in from Guatemala to Tapachula. This is what opened borders does and the Biden administration Alejandro Mayorkas and all of these NGOs leftist radicals NGOs are the ones that they need to be held accountable for this and and just to, to circle back on the, the first uh, speaking of uh, one of those Jen Psaki uh, we've asked we asked the, the the people that are making this journey and without fail we hear it over and over we hear one of two things the border's open. Yes, the border's open. The word is spreading around the world. doesn't matter what Joe Biden says. doesn't matter what Secretary Marcus says. It's what they do. The fact that the NGOs are still training people, the NGOs are still telling them it's open. And then you hear the other side of it. It's we don't care. We're going anyways. Uh, and so both of those things are happening as we speak. Wow. Right. Although, although as of about three weeks ago, per Joe Biden, it's Republicans who are sending the signal that the border is open. I don't really know what kind of gaslighting that is, but it's incredible. I wanted to ask you, though, Ben, uh, you and I have, have been down at the border together, and we've had a lot of conversations about these NGOs. And I still, to this day, despite all of your schooling... I still just don't understand how you have, especially the Catholic organizations, because in California on Monday, six people were killed, shot in uh, what was, I think they suspected to be a drug-related cartel hit. One of the persons killed was a 16-year-old mom with her infant child. These Catholic organizations along the border who are acting as, as proxies for the United States government, trafficking these people into this country, how do they not make the connection between what they are doing and what's happening? in our interior well sadly it's just pure evil uh, this is the example of what uh, power you know the, the Bible says uh, the the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil and that's the reality of what we're seeing these organizations some of them started with good intentions to help people uh, there's so much money flowing into and I have a friend that works in the refugee resettlement program she calls it the refugee game there's so much money flowing into this that you have people opportunists that are taking advantage of that and they see this simply as an ability to put more money into their pockets no matter what happens to the people and so the very organizations that are supposed to be protecting the the, the so-called Christian organizations the Catholic organizations and really what they've become is most of these are actually globalist communist leftist organizations they've been taken over they aren't even they don't even actually operate under the church many times but the catholic charity still does the catholic bishops still have a tremendous pressure on them and that's where the pressure needs to be applied it needs to go directly to the catholic catholic bishops and they need to hear this has to stop we cannot keep supporting human trafficking uh you know it, it needs to be the same kind of outrage that we saw with the child abuse the child molestation cases that we saw years ago that same focus needs to be had because that's it's the same level if not worse than what happened in that, those situations
but they absolutely know what's happening. Yeah, they clearly have to. They have to be in contact with these migrants and hear their stories of what it was like to be on that journey. Tell us a little bit, uh, and the people you're interviewing, what the cartels do to people desperate to come to the United States and ask for the cartel's help to make that uh, arduous journey that you described. I know you hear some pretty jaw-dropping things that show how inhumane the system is. Well, you know, the Darien Gap has been a clear example to the world of what the worst case scenario, what happens. And these open borders incentivize the cartel and organized delinquent groups to work inside of these kind of places. That There's a lot of rape. There's a lot of uh, robberies, assaults, and the multiple people that they have died. Plus, adding to the fact that the NGOs are the biggest smokescreen to habilitate under the humanitarian wing to guess who? To the cartels. They are incentivizing them to work. So it's... They're aligned, working together, and those are the people that are risking lives of humans in the borderline. You have seen multiple people, migrants being kidnapped before they hit the border. You have seen multiple children being trafficked, sedated, arriving to the border. You have seen multiple rapes of women, women's slavery, and also exchange of exotic women into other places in the United States. This is a trafficking line that is created by these open border policies. And because of that, a lot of people, you know, are suffering these consequences. Oscar, I wanted to touch on something that you mentioned as far as the cartels. I saw a startling statistic recently. In 2018, cartel profits were around $500 million, which is way too much to begin with. But you fast forward to 2022 last year, and it exploded 26 times to $13 billion. As you in particular down there on the border, and I know you speak fluent Spanish, so you're talking to a lot of Hispanic uh, immigrants on the border. Do they feel like the cartel is in control, or do they feel like we have some type of operational control. Well, they, they changed the terminology of coyote to travel advisor. <laughs> that is how they are creating this as a resource. The coyote has become a resource of transportation to get from South America all the way to the United States of America. Now they call him a travel advisor, a manager of the road, uh, an assistant. It is not an assistant. It is not a travel advisor. It is a human trafficker. And because of that, because we are letting this to be normalized, they're making billions and billions and billions of dollars and they're escalating plus adding to the fact that ben has mentioned before the humongous crosses of fentanyl cocaine methamphetamine adding that the the, the winnings of that it is the black market is is huge ben yeah and, and amanda i want to jump in on that it's not just so what, what they're doing now is using human trafficking to cover up and to distract for their drug trafficking and we witnessed that yesterday we were actually on a boat on the ocean going back from Kapurganan to Nakokli. as we did that there was a boat that had capsized uh three people believed to have drowned we tried the our boat that we were on tried to pull that boat out so they could drag it back to shore in oh doing that gosh. two bundles of dope floated to the surface all right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Justin News. I'm so grateful you can listen. A big thank you to Restoration of America PAC's Doug Truax and, of course, Ben Berkwam for uh, Eyes on Report of what's going on south of our border. The staging area, the cartels, the criminal organizations, the human traffickers all working together, sometimes with American NGOs to facilitate this extraordinary scourge of an open border and illegal migration. Two really great interviews that really get you thinking, which is what we try to do on this show. God bless you for listening today. Thanks for being part of the Justin News family. You can download the Justin News app from the iOS Apple Store or the Android Google Play Store and have us on your phone. You can listen, read, or watch all of our content three different ways with the little button down below. And pretty soon we're going to have a new design at Justin News, our first facelift to the website since we launched in 2020. We're very excited about that as well. Now, we haven't wrapped up business for the week. We still got our Sunday brunch edition coming tomorrow. Uh, We'll be joined by former Assistant Treasury Secretary Monica Crowley, one of the great minds of the conservative movement. Congressman Rodney Davis, former congressman from Illinois, talking about what's going on in the Capitol. A lot of good stuff going on there. Lou Dobbs, the one and only Lou Dobbs, will join us. He'll have some thoughts about the debt crisis. Mark Lauder from America First Policy Institute, former advisor to both President Trump and Mike Pence. He's going to join us to talk about some of the growing movement to create Trumpism 2.0. That's going to be pretty fun. And then from The Spectator magazine, one of the great rising journalists in all of America right now, Amber Athey, she'll join us to wrap up on the Sunday Brunch. So great show Sunday. Be sure to check in. You won't want to miss it. We'll have you covered all day tomorrow. And of course, you can go to justthenews.com anytime you want to check out for headlines, breaking news. We got you covered 24-7 at justthenews.com. All right, folks, God bless you. Happy Saturday. Thank you for listening. Yep, you've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion. Hunter Biden and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, expert politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.